Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and as always, I am joined by Keith Denny and Tim Malloy. Today, we're going to be uh, taking a look at Amazon Prime's Swarm, uh, executive produced by Mr. Donald Glover. Uh, he said this project would be one of the wildest, well, the wildest he's done so far. I think we probably might agree this is uh, an accurate statement. Uh, in our story, we uh, meet a stand of an amazing artist who is definitely meant to reference Beyonce um, in her beehive, um, her, her stand to go around and talk about her glory. And don't take mess from anybody who don't, you know, kind of talk about how awesome she is. And in, in the show Swarm, uh, the name of this pop star is Nyjah, and um, our main character, Dre, played by Dominique Fishback, is really, really obsessed with Nyjah um, in all sorts of ways. And that's all we can say without getting into spoilers. So from here on out, we'd like to uh, give you an opportunity to pause, go check out the show, because from here on out, we're going to be going Head first, I don't know where these guys are going to want to start. Tim, let's start with you. Where do you want to begin? Because there's a lot of things you can say about this show. Um, it is daring and and challenges a lot of stuff about fanatics. How did you feel about it? I thought it was very fake when she went to the phone store and the guy was super nice and talked to her within 15 minutes because that hasn't happened to me in like the last 10 years. Um <laughs> Like you have to go in and beg for a phone, which is weird because they cost a thousand dollars now. Um, no, I thought this was awesome. <laughs> I really liked it. I liked everything about it. Um, the first episode, I was kind of like, it was so bleak that I was, I probably wouldn't have kept watching if we weren't going to talk about it for the podcast. But I'm very glad I kept watching because it started going in these very experimental directions that I liked a lot. The cult episode with Billie Eilish, I thought was great. The episode that's like a fake netflix true crime documentary like a mockumentary awesome totally yeah. awesome and totally mind-bending the way they brought in the real donald glover at the end was great um i liked all the beyonce stuff i liked how they just really blurred the lines like when at one point you know how people thought that sana latham was the one who bit beyonce yeah yeah of course for like a half second they had the name sana i think i'm saying i hope i'm saying that right sanai latham sanai Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one second they left her name up on the screen for like half a second. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's funny. On a tweet, they're like, she's the one who bit her. And that was hilarious. I'm not saying she did bite her. I wasn't there. I have no idea. That's been the rumor. <laughs> but uh I just I really enjoyed it. I liked how very, very weird it was and how many different directions it went in. And Dominique Fishback is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, Keith, what about you, man? How'd you uh, absorb the show? Man, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have like a whole bunch of like different thoughts about it itself and just, um, it's, uh, well, I think, I think any story where like your main character is essentially a serial killer is always kind of like interesting because then it makes you think like, what is it going to, what is making us follow this character, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we actually care about this character? Is there something about this character that we empathize with, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think I didn't really like have that at first. I think I was more so watching it just because I thought that the premise was real interesting in a way, yeah. you know. Um, and and there were certain things that um to Tim's point that felt like very extra experimental in a way. And 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 just like with you know Donald Donald Glover in um Atlanta, like sometimes you just don't know what to expect. So it's just like let me just hide myself in and just get on this ride and see what happens, right? But there's this thing that it makes me wonder about, like, like they don't spend too much time, I think, enough as far as, like, um, with um, mental illness and stuff, like certain things that people might, you know, actually be dealing with. Because one of the first things that I was thinking about is, like, the, the swarm, which is um, it's supposed to be, like, the real life beehive right that beyonce has right? right some of them do be saying like some real crazy shit online like i'm talking about some sideways stuff mm-hmm. and it may it, it kind of make you think like damn what if one of these people like were really serious about that shit that they talked about you know yeah and that's what we get with this case. yeah that's the premise of the show essentially yeah. and so so then it makes you think like what what are we as as a group of people that we get online and we talk all this stuff? Just like when that one guy, when they were interviewing that one guy on the, that fake documentary, and he was saying like, I don't know, I wouldn't murder anybody. I mean, uh, and then he just kept going back and forth like with his thoughts, like, would I murder somebody over her? Well, but then like, no, I wouldn't actually do it, you know. But the the passion and stuff is so high about it, and I was, it just kind of made me, not to keep talking about it because my thoughts are everywhere. But it made me also think about the power of like um, the superstar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for all intents and purposes, I mean, people who really be super fans of somebody, I just don't get it because I've never been that person, right? Yeah. Um, I think that some stars are like some people are just good. They make very very good music, but there has to be something about certain people that they speak to them in a way that they don't speak to other people, right? And yeah. I was listening to Russell, who was this dude? What's this guy's name? Russell Brand, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was essentially talking about how musicians are like shamans. They're like modern day shamans, right? And he was saying like, like, like they have a certain spiritual power that they don't even know that they have, right? That there are certain, that people really connect to it because us as human beings, we want to connect to something higher than ourselves, right? Yeah. So being a part of that swarm, that beehive, or whatever you want to call it, it's that it's that connection that you not only have um, with that artist, but other people who are connected to that heart, that artist. So it's a whole spiritual experience, you know what I'm saying? They they over here crying and stuff, catching the Holy Ghost over, you know, um, I don't know. Some some girls do that over Taylor Swift, right? You know, yeah, yeah. It's no. And so it just makes me wonder, like, what is this thing? You know, it's almost something magical about it or, you know, because I don't even think the artist knows what it is to the point of what Russell Brown was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off <laughs> the rails with that. But that's that's like my first thoughts when I was watching. I'm like, man, it's amazing that somebody can just go to those limps. But we see how obsessed people can be over a um, musician. Yeah. Cause, cause now that you think about it, do do people be that crazy over like actors, for example, or like other types of celebrities? Or it's normally, uh, yeah, because I mean, even if Keanu Reeves, I'm just making it like I'm not making this up, but I'm just referencing a re- recent thing. Like Keanu Reeves had to have a restraining over versus some 
crazy fanatic fan. Um, like where they were like intruding on his premises and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, people, you know, beyond music are, are like this oftentimes too. And, um, well, I'm saying like um, to the point that like, I think a musician could really start a cult, right? Yeah, probably. Sure. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio could start a cult. Maybe a harem, but not a cult. Uh, <laughs> I, hey. I mean, you've been around long enough. Hell, he could have done it in 1997 if he wanted to. Yeah, I think a lot of them could, honestly. Like when you and and we've seen kind of the stuff from Scientology and other things that have come up. I mean, there have been people, um, and I can't think of their names, and I don't want to just make up one. Well, not make up one, but just kind of say the wrong one. But there have been people, even we've seen in Hollywood, who um, have coerced young women into situations, and they've been going to court recently and found guilty for all kinds of stuff. So this stuff does happen um, for for, the, for that kind of fandom. Now, normally, it's not taking a tweet and then you know taking it to its, its worst extreme of you saying they must suffer for having insulted your goddess. Well, well, what I'm saying is that, like, okay, so somebody might, uh, uh, a celebrity, like a, a actor, for example, they could probably co-horse a young woman or a young man to do certain things, right? But yeah. normally, if that person's co-horse is because it's something that they feel like they can get from the exchange, I believe, right? Yeah. But it's with an artist, it seems to be something different. Like, there's something that they feel that they really, really connect with that person. Hence is why, like, it's something about that scene where she where she was biting into that chocolate, but she actually bit her face, right? It was just something about being in her presence. She wanted to, in some type of way, I don't know. But, but I, I think the thing that exemplifies that, the greatest in this show, uh, let me see, episode five, I, mm -hmm. she returns to town and she's talking to the girl who was the friend of her sister, Dre is, and she's telling the story about how she eventually met Nyjah and became her mother's, Nyjah's mother's um, makeup. makeup artist. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> despite the emotion she's showing and how much she's welling up and all of that, that girl, and she never says it, but we get the sense as an audience that she knows this is a lie. That none of, nothing she's saying is true. Yeah, but that's like if somebody said the same thing about Beyonce, Mama. It's nowhere I believe it if I haven't seen it. But be, I just mean like you know this, this. First off, the number one thing being like how fanatical people can be. Yeah. But also, with somebody's that delusional about it, you know, <laughs> like how do you react to that? Is there anything you can do other than? Uh, kind of nod your head, drink their milkshake, and hope they never think about you again. <laughs> I actually would believe a story about Beyonce's mom because now that we're talking about it, somebody told me a story about meeting Beyonce, and mm -hmm. it was like the most normal interaction ever. And it made me like kind of love Jay Z and Beyonce for years and years. Oh, and but I'll this was not a normal interaction, she was saying, <laughs> at least yeah. like in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell this story because it's ridiculous. My, yeah. my ex roommate. Him and his, this was like 15 years ago. Him and his girlfriend were, I think, in Jamaica. And they walk by this couple who are playing volleyball. And they're like, hey, do you want to play volleyball with us? And they're like, um, yeah, I'm not really good at volleyball. But all right, all right, sure, yeah. 
Like I was like, oh cool, my name's Sean. This is my girlfriend Beyonce. And then they realized that they're <laughs> and this guy is like not he's not someone who would lie or would bother. Like if he, funny. if he was gonna think of like people to make up, he wouldn't have thought of Jay and Beyonce. Yeah. So, so that happened. Yeah, that's funny. Now nah, he, he would have mentioned Nicole Kidman and whoever. I can't even think who she married to no more. It's been a minute. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, any what'd you say? You know, most black people tell you that you don't automatically think they lie. Like, no, nah, you didn't meet them. Yeah, I ain't no way. Nah, I ain't no way. I don't believe that. Um, any anything else else to add to your initial thoughts? Oh, for me, no, no, no. That's it. No, yeah. I gotta say, man, I've had days and days and days think about how I'd even jump into talking about this show, and I don't, I, don't, I really have no clue um, what to say. It is the show is a lot of different things, um, and and I mean that in 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 ways both positive and negative, definitely more positive. Um, the first thing I want to get out the way, though, and Tim's already said it, but I think it's worth just really emphasizing over and over and over. Dominique Fishback, I don't even know who else is going to do anything the rest of this year, but she needs yeah. she, she probably won an award for TV series, whatever the hell it is, like whatever the categories are like. I don't know that we're going to see a performance like she's put on for the rest of the year. They could also, when it comes to awards and like gaming the system, they could enter this as a drama. They could enter it as a comedy. They, <laughs> could do, they can kind of play the. I don't care what what genre she's in. She yeah, she, she probably should win. Someone messed up. If she doesn't get something, somebody messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and it wasn't her. Wow. She she was just so many things. Um, I'm just, I've, I've liked her in things before. Um, and I mean, she's been, you know, like close to a lead in other things, but I mean, she just showed out. I'm, I'm, I haven't even read deep into a lot of interviews she gave, but I do recall in particular, I came across when she mentioned she had a psychologist on set and thank goodness. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I am happy that somebody thought to do that for her. <laughs> Because she was doing all sorts of craziness. I mean, the character she's playing is, you know, it's an unreliable narrator, but um, it's also going in very bold directions, but in ways that actually probably impact you when you're done. Because a lot of it's so focused on not just social media, but just partially what what she i'm sure deals with is, is part of being a, a celebrity a public figure where you have not just stands you know but you've been a stand and just kind of all the stuff that comes with that like it's it's just it's a really interesting um thing where you see the exaggerated ways that people talk like oh there's somebody talked about my queen i'm gonna kill them i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that it's like, oh you wouldn't really do that but you know it's just like even toying with that idea is just so interesting to me in, in a billion different ways. I feel like the show has the same flaws as Atlanta in many ways in that it will take you to some really interesting, absurd places. But like for the purposes of the plot, really stupid things have to keep happening. Like the idea that it takes until episode five for us to get to the the 
very obvious direction that like this phone is still on somehow and it's really not off so to speak until she kind of breaks it kind of the screen and needs it to work more but like people could have been tracking her on gps forever this whole time it's just like a weird thing like the show has a other things like that where for us to keep going we just kind of have to almost forget the modern ways they don't know her name i mean they don't know they don't know who it is until the detective gets on board and what is that episode six sure but the parents um they i mean look yeah you could probably end up leaving that phone because the thing is i don't don't remember exactly the timeline but that phone is on for a long time and you know what i thought when i was thinking about that phone to be honest with you What's I was thinking, these people are probably they look rich, mm-hmm. like, and and I'm I I don't even make that much money, but sometimes I forget that I'm paying for something if it's yeah. a small amount. Like so, so for example, what cell phone bills could be like ninety to a hundred dollars, right? So yeah. if you damn near a millionaire, a hundred dollars coming out of somewhere, you probably barely notice it. Well, so if you were coming out and they probably just didn't notice it at, until then. I mean, they don't explain it, but that was just kind of my. I mind. mean, yeah, I, I don't say I like I I can buy pieces of that, yeah. but um, but they um, don't explain it. But that's just what I. That's how I made. Sense. I mean, but there's, there's other little things like that. it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's just other little things like that where they always like kind of play with things that do and don't matter, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, like the things they're in interesting spaces, but certain I don't know, like certain people had to put so much of their guard down for us to even get in those spots. But again, for the interest of the points of the show and the things it's doing, I'm fine with it. It's not like that big yeah. deal. I think what's that cool uh, the, what's cool about the feel of the show is that because it's kind of comedy, it's kind of horror, it's kind of drama, like it blends so many things and gets yeah, that's all about to say. that you give it a pass on stuff that may not totally work logic wise. And I mean, the, the basic thing is. I was watching it like, are they making fun of people who will like kill for Beyonce because those people don't exist? But then you just well, kind of get into it and you go, well, what if they did exist? But, like- but so I, what it's playing with more than anything is, okay, so at the beginning of every episode, they do the whole thing like, you know, this is kind of based on the things that are true. If, if you think that it's based on the thing that it is. And mm-hmm. what it's playing with is the idea that these rumors are actually being real and being true. Yeah. Because the, each of these things never happened, but they are rumors of things that have happened. Well, and it's the thing that we're constantly dealing with now where you don't know what really happened, what seems like it happened. And it's the thing that we talk about all the time. We're like, you'll tell me something on Thursday. And I'm like, there's no way that's true. That's like apocalyptic. And then Friday, I'm like, oh, Aaron was right. That's true. Where you're yeah, like, it's... you're like the news harbinger of like, you'll get some story like 12 hours before people get it. <laughs> Like other people get it, but like really, really. And you're always right. And it's like, fuck, like that's terrible. Yeah. It's that phenomenon of like that 12 hour period where you're like, is this real? Is this not real? Well, but it's, it's playing with the idea that because the thing is the, whether it's real or not, the fans believe those things are real. Like the fans believe it's annihilate the bitter. Now we don't have proof of that, but people believe that to be fact. Yeah. Right. And so it's playing with like the idea of that kind of stuff. And I, I do find that to be interesting. Um, I like to me, I mean, like the pilot episode is really strong. I don't think it's the best episode, but I think it's really strong. I like how it's playing with 
Um, <laughs> even having uh uh, I, oh my god, I'm not gonna say his name right. Uh, D- Dasmond Idris, the guy who yeah. plays uh Idris. What well, uh, what's oh, Fra- he plays Franklin in Snowfall. Yeah. To have a dude that's like that kind of boss like character to be like the fuck boy on the show <laughs> at the beginning who gets murdered the way he does is just super funny to me. Um, and they're doing that with other characterizations throughout the show for people that you see who were cast in it in, in all sorts of interesting ways um, that are like very kind of black culture stuff of you've been watching all sorts of things for the, you know, however long. Did you know that was Paris Jackson? And, I just realized. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. While we were talking that that was Paris Jackson, Jackson, that blew my mind. It's because a- like, you know, Donald Glover has kind of a weird relationship with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like given the what's the episode of Atlanta where he uh, is, uh, uh Teddy Perkins, the Teddy yeah. Perkins episode, yeah, like amazing. And then the sixth episode, the documentary episode, they show these people holding signs, and it's supposed to be nausea fans, and mm-hmm. it's actually Michael Jackson fans. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even notice that. It's, it's Michael Jackson fans, I'm sure of it because I covered his trial. Yeah, like I was there at his trial for five months where people would line up outside the courthouse every day and have the signs that were like, he's innocent, let him go. Oh, that makes sense. When you talk to them, it was like they were in a cult. You know, the other thing too, um, (laughs) it's funny because I was, you know, like the first episode, she goes and sleeps with that guy. And I was like, Okay, I know that's not Macaulay Culkin, but who the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, that's his younger brother. He'd <laughs> <laughs> like, so, be looking exactly the same. Dude, that shit was funny as hell. I was like, I was standing out like, no, nah, I, I got to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you pause on Amazon Prime, just shows you people. So it was like, Which one was it? Rory Culkin? Rory. Rory, yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the, the things that's really interesting about the show, too, and, I, and I'll stop talking after this. We can talk about all kinds of things. Actually, I, let's consider this. That, that was my initial thoughts, whatever. Um, did you guys notice that that Dre killed her sister though? You mean at the start? Yeah. Yeah. I think like I think a lot of people didn't pick that up though when I was looking around. Hmm. Like they thought she committed suicide. And it's reported a suicide, but she definitely killed her though. Did you pick up on that, Keith? No. Nah. How, how, I mean, how did y'all pick up on it? I didn't pick up. Do you want to go, Tim? Or I mean, I, I could tell you some stuff. I know no, this. I just I didn't see it any other way. I don't know. Yeah, how did you see it? So, I really, honestly, didn't. I wasn't sure. For, like, I guess I didn't want to accept it. That's what it was. It was you, you know, the, the only thing that the only reason I knew was the last ten minutes of the show, because. First off, I had to keep getting used to the idea that, like, for, I, obviously I knew she was an unreliable narrator, but she's constantly seeing stuff on the phone that's, like, not happening for real. And so, like, that's also a sign sums off. But then, you know, like, at the beginning, you see her, like, kiss, like, the place where she has this scar from a cut. And, you know, initially when you see, like, oh, she, you know, maybe potentially she might have, you know, tried to, to harm herself. But then she's like, you don't have to kiss it every time you see it. Which has a different tone to it. When she said it and she catches, like, you don't have to do it every time you see it. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a suicide thing. It's a little weird, but okay. And then you learn that that sleepover, that she was, you know, doing stuff she was doing, she probably had cut her 
during a sleepover in episode six when i read that's when i was like oh, okay well, that could have been what happened but the only reason i know she killed her is because when she killed her girlfriend at the end as she's choking her out and it's almost done she she's telling her, i love you i love you yeah yeah and then it parallels like almost exactly the spending the four thousand dollars whatever for tickets Mm-hmm. And and the abandonment that she feels like she's about to feel because that person no well in the case Sosa's case she doesn't lo- she doesn't feel connected to Nigel the same way by that point and then with the girlfriend at that time like you know like I said it's an exact parallel it's like you're being irresponsible you're not even doing what you're supposed to do but like, somebody you found money for Nigel you know yada 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 yeah and and the parents definitely believe that she did it. yeah yeah no they they yeah they definitely yeah. believe it um, I mean. I, I um I guess I didn't see that because I guess I was just so caught up in the way that she killed people because you're right the only one she killed that wasn't like bludgeoned in some type of way was the girlfriend the maybe you know what I'm saying because she runs over Billie Eilish and she chokes she chokes out um her girlfriend but I, I guess another thing was. Maybe because when she kills Damson, that's the first time she like straights um, kills someone so violently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, her so first we, kill. We, anyway. That was my that well, was my second kill. kill that being her first kill. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't think that she killed her sister. But then now on one end, her sister committing suicide never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think part of why they don't say that is because they just leave it kind of open. So like where it could be assumed that she, maybe she did commit suicide or maybe she Dre did kill her, you know what I'm saying? Um, which I don't know. I think it's more horrifying the idea that she did it, but then yeah, wonder, it is. Oh, I don't know. It's that that's that go back. I feel to fairly certain she did it. What is the somewhat redeeming quality of this character? You know, there isn't one, <laughs> especially if she kills her sister. You know, it's kind of like, nah, it's not. I, and it, and I, it almost makes you feel like the draw to this character is only the actress herself, right? So if anybody else played this, would it have? Yeah. Lo Glover had this quote before it came out talking about he wanted her to play Dre kind of like an animal. Um, All right, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I, there's a little more to that quote. I can't remember exactly what it is. Some people have taken that very negatively. Um, just sound like director notes to me. Yeah, it it makes me think of like playing yeah. Patrick Bateman as an alien. But it, mm. but it's also kind of like a thing of like it may. Okay, so you think I, I, don't, I don't know what's the best thing to compare it to? Maybe a pet, like a dog, for example, right? Yeah. You know, nine times out of ten, your dog ain't gonna kill you. You know, but. It's been times where people dogs have like attacked them like brutally, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. So I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's what he wanted her to go with, or just well, I think more, more like a you don't have to find a reason specifically for what is happening. Like so, like a, the thing that's really, I get that makes sense. Yeah, the the thing that's interesting about this show is to me the reason episode four seems like the best one to one with Billy Eilish is it's the only time that Dre ever says anything about herself. Like, like honestly says something about herself. The re- We actually don't know what drives her. 
really like we know that she ended up getting obsessed with Naja. We know, and in episode six, this whole thing about her backstory and all that. But mm -hmm. we don't hear from her. She's never really honest with anybody about who she is, other than when she's in that that trance. And and they and she knows that they know that she's been out here harming people. I like that she has the thing of like the movie Orphan, where I haven't seen Orphan, but I get the idea of like you just adopt this kid who's just like pure evil, and you don't know their backstory, and then they do the reverse adoption, which makes it even worse. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's I think that's interesting. Like there was a, the master. Some people think that the master is about a boy and his dog, um, and that Joaquin Phoenix is basically the dog who keeps doing wrong and Philip Seymour Hoffman keeps trying to train him and he can't. And there is a little bit of that here, I think, where it's like you adopt this animal. You don't know what their history is. You don't know why they behave like they behave, but they do. And there's just no changing them. Like you've just got, you just got a dangerous dog because of something that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like we're not, there's not enough to know originally what happened to her. And I don't know that that's particularly important. And the thing is, the, there's a character, the counselor, um, or maybe that's her position, I'm not sure exactly what it would be, but the one who they try to go visit at the um, place where they help foster kids. And she says that, you know, she's basically like, there doesn't always have to be a reason. You don't need to try to characterize everything about her. Yeah. You know, it's not always to be understood. You know, you just like, you're either there for her or you're not, you know. Um, although by that point they're trying to figure out something about somebody they're pretty certain is a is a mass murderer a serial killer um and you know i mean you're just not gonna come at it from that angle by that point once yeah. you're pretty certain about what's going on there yeah and that scene because that counselor is right yeah. and the detective's right mm -hmm. one of those scenes where like everybody is everybody is doing the right thing right yeah nobody's truly wrong it also makes me think um what we're talking about, like him telling her to act like an animal. Very similar when you think about it's something about serial killers that they're they um almost how they behave is more instinctual to similar to like a predator in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like because they don't they don't um operate in a form of form of like empathy or conscious in a sense. And and that that, that was the point I was about to make about the dog. Like, your dog might not ever kill you, but it'll kill a random animal for no fucking reason at all. Not to eat the animal, not to, to do anything outside of chase it down and kill it. And we don't understand why animals do that. They just do it. Like, to us, we're like, that, that's pretty jacked up that you killed that squirrel, man. Well, I was just going to say, to add to your point, that's why the last episode is so interesting, too. Because by that point, Dre has been really trying to tamper down on the instincts and really it takes a it takes a lot of pushing to get dre back into a murderous mode you know um not that that excuses anything <laughs> but it, it took a a lot of of like going back to a past trauma all of that to get back to a point where you know especially to somebody that dre cared about to to take it to that level um Oh, that's really fascinating. Um, and it was weird because, like, I didn't want to feel bad for Dre. And I really didn't, knowing that. Because, like, okay, when, when they searched Dre's car, 
right in that last episode and then she you know she finds a way to like kind of back up and then you know they go back to the girlfriend's place and that and then kind of finds a way to keep stealing cars a new car at a time you know uh, and then somehow the girlfriend decided to work two jobs while Dre's working no jobs, bringing home no income. You know, to have con that long, it was gonna have to fall apart at some point. And I think that was the other thing too. It's like once that conversation was happening and Dre was getting yelled at, it's like, oh, the con's over. Damn. <laughs> it wasn't just that the feelings were hurt and and Naja had been disrespected. It was like. Damn, I got to change identities now again. Well, you know, it made me think about, too, like, um, and and I don't know if people really understand what makes a person a serial killer. Like, I, I can't say, you know, what, what that is. I'm not a professional or anything. Mm-hmm. But it when you hear a lot of, of them talk about it, it's kind of like a, an, similar to like an addiction or a compulsion, right? Yeah. And some of them, like they usually, it's usually connected to like some type of um, sexual thing, mm-hmm. and and it's almost like it's almost like they gotta have a reason to kill somebody, and but then deep down inside they just wanted to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like, but it's, know, it's a justification for to, to feel that compulsion. It could be the most like left field justification. Man, they ate that Starburst wrong. Right, right. Or or this guy like, you know what I'm saying, he um he was condescending to me or or she she got blonde hair and my mom had blonde hair and my mom used to beat me type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in Dre's case, it just seems like she had it in her anyway. And so she conceptualized like that that need to want to to, to murder with my excuse is gonna be I'm gonna murder anybody that that doesn't like Nigel. You know, mm. <laughs> who's your favorite or, artist, or any or anybody that gets in my way? Like, like she killed, she killed some people that didn't have nothing to say about Nigel, you know, or, or some people that just like she needed something from them to keep it. Man, moving. I was dying laughing because she was like, I ain't gonna like you ever been in a conversation with somebody who loved Beyonce, and you talk about somebody you like, and they were like, they don't have twenty some Grammys. You like, whoa, hey. Mm. I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> like, I had a lot of those conversations with Michael Jackson people, a yeah. lot. And you're just like, no, his songs are good. No, and I agree. Yeah, Mark no. Kelly has has some Grammys too. Yeah, doesn't mean a whole lot for some conversations. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about. Keep it on the download. Great song. Oh, and I think it comes down to people just accepting that some some stuff relates to certain people. You know what I'm saying? Like. There are certain artists that they do something for you and some of them that don't. It's just like certain movies. You know, you might connect to a certain film. Next person doesn't, you know what I mean? Um, and you'd be like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, I remember, man, it's crazy. I, I remember I was dating this girl from Jersey, man. And she, I met her out here in Dallas. And one time we were just kicking it. I was trying to wa- get her to watch Silver Line and Playbook. She was not into this movie. And it made me feel some type of way. Yeah, I'm not into it either. But, <laughs> but I'm saying like that was back in the day when I get like really offended when people don't like stuff that I like. Not <laughs> it, it just it, it really doesn't. She matter. never stood a chance back then. If she's kind of from there. You'd think she would get it a little bit. I mean, she just really was not feeling it. I mean I hope she hears this. 
<laughs> like, damn. I thought you were gonna say Bruce Springsteen when you said Jersey. I was like, "What well, is it gonna be Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen?" I don't know nah, if Keith, either of those guys. Man, if Keith showed up to Bon Jovi concert, I'm bust out laughing. Oh, that was that, that was, um, that was a time in my life where I just always attracted women that were like from the East Coast, and I don't know yeah. if it was the accent thing. It was the accent. That's all. That's what it was. Um. Not like you were attracted to them. It wasn't the other way around. You were just your magnetism. Like, I just feel like that doesn't exist. I honestly feel I feel like people are always like attracted to Southerners or like Westerners because they seem like excited and, and different. And everybody's right. like, oh, they're from they're from Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, there's, nothing, like, there's nothing like exotic about it at all. Oh, to me. Steel mill. Oh, great. Exactly, cause I, I I'm I'm one of the most boringest people you can meet. <laughs> so so, but yeah, that's what they man, like. Oh, I'm I'm so boring. I just have some some movie awards. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still bored though. <laughs> oh man! All right, any anything else we want to point out uh, in particular about this really insane ride of a show? I just feel like Donald Glover has a million ideas, and I know he, there's a co-writer, a co-creator of the show whose name I forget. It's what's her name? Uh, let's see. The name. I almost wonder if she like brought the idea to him and he did his thing, or how mm. it works. Because it does, it's very Donald Glover, like it's very. It's all Janine neighbors. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's, awesome. that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it has such an Atlanta touch in places that I feel like he definitely put his spin on it, and. I just like when he uses like whatever the story is to satirize whatever he feels like satirizing at any given time. So maybe this was a pretty straightforward serial killer thing at one point, And then it became this just wild making fun of everybody. Like the, the whole thing at the gym could have been its own movie. Yeah, it definitely could have. And, uh, and it, God, what a weird thing that happens after the gym. And then they end up, well, she ends up following the jacket. And then, you know, somehow I guess that all the way to Biden Beyonce. Um, after a food orgy. I'm like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. That food thing was so funny to me. Yeah. But but it was also like one of I it, I was just gonna say another thing I do like about the show are they, these little moments where she just get off and just like meet people. Because yeah. it kind of also feels like this like little adventure that she's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you like, man, I really fear for the people's lives that she like, whose life she gonna ruin now? Oh my god, man. It was <laughs> weird because in episode five, when she gets out the car to go into the that uh to that house she used to stay at, man, that shit was scary as hell. Like the way she was getting out and walking towards it. And then by the time the episode over, she's terrified. Literally could die with the wrong move kind of situation. So Oh, because David Ruffin wasn't playing with that. Idea. Man, not that, not at all. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I almost felt bad yeah. for it at that point because I'm like, hey, dude is not playing. And then and then she goes, She hated you. She yeah. there's so much like in the show. You like I'm sure like on the second watch, it's probably all kind of stuff you might notice. Um and I think it's tightly written, it's pretty clever. Um, I think it's got uh rewatchability um you know i don't love everything about it i kind of still don't know what it's saying in a lot of ways but i just feel like there are things i feel like i just understand better on the second watch probably as well so 
don't One know. Thing like I it's... About it, mm-hmm. You just made me think of it. It has such a light touch that even when it's covering something like really difficult or really violent or, you know, touching on a lot of it is about trauma. It's still, it's never heavy handed. Mm-hmm. You're never like, oh man, give me a break. Like, because the comedy is so like well done. Well, by the end of episode two, there's this other thing that happens also where like you realize you're not just on a on a spree with a serial killer. This is a serial killer with absolutely no fucking loyalty. Like just out to use people. Like like because when 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 she kills that dude, well, excuse me, when when the the stripper friends of hers kill the guy with the gun, she just did. Just no loyalty. Like at all, like man, she will leave anybody high and dry. And She's so, inversion of the serial killer because usually in pop culture they're like a mastermind, they're like a Hannibal Lecter, who are doing things for themselves, and you know they're really well off, and they're going to take even more. And I feel like she feels so victimized for whatever reason, and so cornered all the time that anything well, she does. Is well, just she fine. killed her sister. She feels guilty about having done that. And she's trying to atone by hurting anybody who would hurt their goddess. Yeah, and I think the other dangerous thing about her, I'm going to say this, and then we can go ahead. I know we talk, keep going back and forth, is that she does not seem, she seems like someone that needs to be protected. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that makes people let their guard down. Like, even when she kills her boyfriend in the first episode, he cried in front of her. Like he was, you know, he thinking they're having like this moment. He offers her tea. You know, it's God, like there's nothing about her that she's definitely the, uh, what's the cliche thing of a, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Because mm-hmm. even the strippers, they were like, just they thought she was weird and stuff, but they were kind of like looking out for her. You know, mm-hmm. um, not, not just because they thought that guy was going to rape her. It's just they kind of, you know, thought, you know, they 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 were just looking out. Now. Yeah, and that was another thing about that episode too. Like she's so man, the show does so many interesting things episode to episode, but like in that one, even where and Tim, I'm sure you remember this, Keith. You might not. What was kind of scary to me because I know what the hell they were about to do with this, but that was an allusion to when the, the Duke lacrosse yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm I don't know what they're gonna do with this. Keith, are you familiar with that? Dude, you made it sound like I was on that lacrosse team or something. You're like, I know you remember this. <laughs> More because you probably were still with the AP at the time. Oh, yeah. I um, totally remember that. It was horrible. Yeah, but basically there were were um, some black strippers who went to this party with this uh, Duke lacrosse team, which, of course, mostly white guys. And it, it just like stuff happened and it just went crazy. And turns out everybody was like ready to, to lampoon the, the lacrosse team but turned out this that wasn't the right way to handle stuff and people making assumptions and some because they were white boys this and that it was just a whole mess um but while they're there at their party like right before they get in she basically says the whole thing about like sex is this and sex is that and a woman needs no 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 one and all this kind of crap which is given like her thesis for the whole show. Yeah. It's one of the only other times she actually speaks her mind like really bluntly and we get to learn things about her. And then the next thing you know, everybody just in in the in the party having sex, doing drugs and you know, indulging in all the vices. Um and like she's all above it. 
But then, like, when they popped their tire, they're like, well, you got a dead body in there. She's like, oh, like, she's actually <laughs> killed somebody. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, she's like talking all this shit and acting all high and pious, but like, she literally killed somebody, got a dead body in the trunk, but talking about how, oh, look at y'all having sex and doing drugs. Like, it's just super funny. <laughs> <laughs> and now she, she did um, get some money off old boy for, um, you know, him watching yeah. her eat chips. <laughs> yeah. She didn't have to degrade herself to do it. Then she, then I said, he's like a hundred dollars. She's like a thousand. He's like, all right. <laughs> like it's it's it it. There's a, just a lot going on just in that little exchange right there. That's so. like her save the cat, where like she's lost you, and it's like I like what she did with the chips. She's got me back. That was cool. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Uh, all right. Any anything uh, else before we, we close up shop? Any closing thoughts? I feel like we covered a, a ton. Oh, yeah. I want everybody to watch it so I can talk to them about it. Yeah, it's a show worth. I, I'm really curious to see how people talk about this show. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a journey, uh, 100%. Uh, if you like what you saw, what you saw, what you listened to on this podcast episode, definitely return. Like, subscribe, review, let a friend know, tell them it was dope. They need to listen to what we said about Swarm. Um, Keith, let people know where they can find us on the socials. Uh, we on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. Perfect, Tim. Anything to plug before we leave? We're on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. So there we go. We don't know what we're doing next, but should be something else awesome uh, and and worthy of attention. And we'll holler at y'all on the next one. Peace. Peace. See you.